Sports Radio WEEI, Arcan and Mego here with you for one more hour. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number before we head into the weekend. Any big plans this weekend? Football. Football. Pretty much just watching a ton of football. That's right. Might go up to Maine. Haven't decided. Might go watch some football in Maine. Hell yeah. Maine 1 or Maine 2? What? What do you You mean? know, there's two Maines. What are you talking about? There's Ma- there's regular Maine, and then there's like the logging towns up in Maine. It's called Maine 2. I'm talking about Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. It's Maine 1. All so right. is that okay? Maine 1. Southern Maine. That's <laughs> where I might be. up there with like the moose people. Oh, you're going all the way up there, huh? <laughs> Heading up to Maine 2. Yeah, right? man. Can I just pay for my coffee and leave, please? I was once walking Can't down. Can't get that from here. <laughs> this is, yeah. Oh, I like that. There's a pet cemetery in, in Maine. Did you know that? I do know that's a pet cemetery yeah. up there. <laughs> I took a picture of my dog in A lot front of history of it. in that pet cemetery there's there. There's like up 13 there. retrievers buried in a pet cemetery in Maine. All those retrievers died under mysterious circumstances, too, don't you know? Yep. Don't go down that road. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Um, it's a Patriots Friday. I feel like we haven't really oh, yeah. made that all that clear today. Yep, Patriots Friday. Oh, yeah. Still doing main voice. <laughs> we do the main voice for this Shout last out, hour. Maine. I don't mind. Um, if you're in Maine, give us a call. 617-779-7937. But um, you have to talk in main voice. Yes, you do. Whenever someone calls from Maine and they sound normal, I get really upset. Anyone else calling <laughs> really from anywhere about else? That? I, it bothers me. Yes, jeez, it's not you're what not you pe- living up to the not expectations. Not what you people here. are supposed to sound like. You? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> you people in Maine. The is creepy what I mean. people in Maine too. <laughs> They're pet cemeteries. You're shattering Arkan's illusion of what you really are. I'm not sure I care for this new program. <laughs> WAI now, gonna turn it off now. <laughs> um, I uh, can I give it a try? I don't know what I'm veering into right now. I'm going to give up. That's all right. Just go to Cole Strange. That, that, that's your wheelhouse, Megan. Oh, Pa. <laughs> <laughs> this may be our last time together, Pa. Hold uh, my hand. Give me a little slap on the rump, Pa. <laughs> Uncle oh, Trent told me to jump again. I said, Pa, I says he is, he is incorrect for telling me so. You make me feel safe and motivated at the same time, Pa. Let's win this one for Slater. All right. Okay. <laughs> Cole Strange absolutely does not sound like that, but in my no, voice he does. It's tr- <laughs> tremendous. The Cole Strange boy is one of my favorite things. I got when I joined the show, the it's NFL one of my favorite by things. pushing a tractor up a hill. It was 92 well, degrees. <laughs> pushed it upwards, bu- uphill both ways. <laughs> um, it is Patriots Friday, and that includes Cole Strange. And uh, this is a this is a game that I think the Patriots have got to be. What, is the line moved at all? By the way, I was wondering about that today. Is all this stuff that's going on with the Bills is that affecting the betting lines? It has so, to, right? This I, is what's really important. It is. When I checked yesterday, uh, the Pats were a seven point dog. As I check right now, they are seven and a half point. Wow! Wow! Seven and a hook. I'll tell you what, Vegas, they are not uh they are not accounting for the human element here. I, don't I think, think they opened at seven. <laughs> opened at seven, and all this just ticks it up like a half a point. All that really means, I think, not so much that Vegas thinks Buffalo's not gonna win by a lot, but I'd say a lot of money's probably coming in on New England. I would imagine that most of the money, if the line opened at seven, most of the money came in on the Patriots, which I'm very surprised by. Really? I'm very there surprised. There's so by many that. goobers out there. On their phones in other states, saying, "Oh, don't don't count out Belichick." True. I mean, do, do you Belichick know I, underdogs? But Thank I think you very most, much. No, I, that's most a real people point. look at the Bills and the Patriots and think the Bills are going to crush these guys. How many national pundits have we people? yelled at on this show and all over the station who say, "Wow, this is a really uncharacteristic Patriots team"? True. I can't understand what's going on. It's like we've been saying that for the last twelve and a half weeks, guys. Welcome to the program. Yeah. Um, it's, so uh, maybe nationally, a lot of people still think, "Ah, oh, it's the Bill Belichick Patriots. They could still get it done." 
<laughs> or at least come within seven. <laughs> at least seven. <laughs> Blown out by multiple come scores. on, cover. Um, it's, uh, if you don't know, and this is uh, just sort of to reset on the on the news of earlier today, um, DeMar Hamlin had the breathing tube removed and is now speaking. He communicated via FaceTime with his friends, with his, uh, with his teammates, and uh, did a message for the entire team. It's been an uh, emotional day, certainly for the Buffalo Bills and for the Hamlin family, and really for everybody who is monitoring this and following along with this. Because whether you're a Bills fan or not, everybody got affected by this somehow. Everybody who's a football fan and has even a shred of a conscience, you know, is uh, is affected by this and was affected by what they saw. And uh, the very real fear that we all had that we may have seen one of the worst things that you can see on television. And that, you know, now this guy is talking, he's communicating, he's able to speak and, and ask questions and, and fire up his team and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's just, it really does have kind of a kind of a Hollywood feel to it right now, doesn't it? I mean, it yeah, seems like... Yeah, it's like the ending of a Disney movie. Okay, you know, like it's all coming together and that, that's great. Like, I don't mean to sound cute about it or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just that now uh, we can freely talk about the football aspect of what's going to happen this weekend and going forward. And for for whatever reason, the NFL has decided to take it upon themselves to just make this utterly overcomplicated, overcorrected, and just bizarrely, it, they're doing too much. With the announcement that they made today, the NFL got together, the owners and everybody got together at 12 today. Mm-hmm. And voted on what they were going to do going forward. Since the Bills and Bengals game is canceled, it's not going to resume at all. Not just this week. There's no Bills-Bengals game. So what are they going to do with these uneven records that are going to come out of the AFC? And they decided this. They released this. They said, for this season only, the AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site to be determined by the commissioner if... The participating teams played a different number of regular season games. Very likely that'll happen. And if the lower-seeded team in the championship game could have been the number one seed in the AFC if a full season had been played in the, by the AFC clubs, mm-hmm. and that unless both participating teams could have been the number one seed in the AFC and host the championship game had they played a full regular season, the game shall be played at the home stadium of the higher-seeded seed, team. And that's not even getting to the wackiest part of this. So essentially what that says is if it's Bills and Chiefs, if that's what it comes down to, they're going to go out probably to Indianapolis because that's the site that the NFL is obsessed with for everything. Right. And in terms of, at least in terms of distance from Kansas City and from Buffalo, right. it's roughly 480, 490 miles for both of them. And they get to be in a dome and there's yeah. no advantage there. And it's, to me, I think just hyper, I don't know, boring and sterile and I don't like that at all. I don't like it either. It's also sort of going against what the rules normally are, which is to go by winning percentage. And that also affects this other part, this uh, Bengals Ravens thing. But just to your point, uh, for the, for the chiefs, if they have the same record and they don't go by, um, by winning percentage and they do end up saying, all right, well just, you're both going to Indy and you're going to play there. I do think that while that's maybe the most fair thing to do, it really sucks like, that really sucks to not have a home crowd at Arrowhead or not have a home crowd in Buffalo. Like, those are the two best home crowds there are, really. I mean, in the whole league, maybe Seattle, you throw them in too, but, like, those are those are iconic places. And the home uh, field advantage there is a real thing. And it's not only that. It just makes for a more dramatic, more interesting setting and game and everything. And to to sort of remove that, I feel like, is a really bold thing to do. 
you know, in the interest of fairness, when you could just go by the old rule and go by winning percentage and say, okay, well, we'll just go by our normal tiebreakers, but they're not doing that. So that was the rule. Yeah. And we talked to Tommy Curran from NBC Sports Boston, Patriots Insider, yesterday, and he said, you know, I really expect it to go to the winning percentage rule because that's what's in the rule books. This is where things get really hinky. So this is the second part of what they decided. They decided that if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in the game between those two teams on Sunday, this coming Sunday, and Baltimore and Cincinnati are then lined up to play one another in a wild card game, wild card weekend, the site of that game will be determined by a coin toss <laughs> supervised by Goodell. I'm paraphrasing here because it's all legalese. So they say unless both conditions are met, so... Mm-hmm. Baltimore, without Lamar Jackson this Sunday, upsets the Bengals. Right. And then they're slated against each other in Wild Card Weekend. Which means this probably won't happen, It by probably the way. won't yeah. happen. But the fact that instead of going to, once again, they cite the bylaws, the part of their own rule book where they talk about winning percentage. Like you can Google this stuff. It's, it's Article 20 in the Constitution and Bylaws of the NFL. They have this written out, and instead they said, we're just going to try something different, a coin toss. Why not? It's so bizarre, and the Bengals are freaking pissed about it. And I don't blame them. I got I to gotta pull up these quotes real quick, Arcan, because uh, Mike right Flor- Oh, you got it from yeah. Pro Football Talk. Um, this was uh, this is tr- uh, Petralia's transcript, but um, Zach Taylor was asked about this today. They said the playoff proposal couldn't have been received well in the locker room. Uh, have you addressed it with the players today? And he says, well, you want to clarify where it stands. What's in front of us is a win this weekend, reclaim the opportunity to have a home field wild card game. That's the task. As far as I'm concerned, we just want the rules to be followed, and when a game is canceled, that you just turn into winning percentage and clarify everything things so we don't have to make up new rules there's several instances this season where the club is fined or people in our building are fined and we're being told hey follow the rules it's black and white in the rule book so now when we point out the rules and are told we're going to change that i don't want to hear about fair and equitable when that is the case so what this team will do is all we can control is going into the game this weekend and doing our best to win we're going to channel our energy into that have you heard anything on the vote no. Were you surprised when you heard they were going to do that? Surprised? No. What was your reaction? Opportunities lost for us that we had a chance to control, and now we don't. It seems like there are positives for a lot of teams and just negatives for us. He says more, but, I mean, strong stuff there from Zach Taylor. So then from the Bengals, because they're the ones who are potentially getting screwed by this, if they have a fluky, weird Week 17 game, which we've seen mm-hmm. with good teams, great teams before, all you have to do is look back at the times that Patriots have gone to down to Miami late in their seasons with those Tom Brady Gronkowski teams. Bengals executive vice president Katie Blackburn wrote a memo to the NFL teams to all NFL teams saying quote the proper process for making rule changes is in the offseason and that is not appropriate to make changes to rules on the fly. Apparently Zach Taylor responded to that calling it quote awesome <laughs> and to see that quote Someone has to fight for you. It's clearly not coming from the league. Now, all of this is very hypothetical Mm because, again, Lamar Jackson has been out for a month, if you haven't been paying attention to that. He's not going to play Sunday. They're hopeful that he's going to be back for the playoffs. But even so then, like, if if it turns out that way, stranger things have happened. And I understand that we haven't talked that much about what the Bengals' locker room has gone through because, aside from T. Higgins, who talked yesterday and still looked pretty devastated those guys were on the field and probably felt some kind of misplaced accountability 
for everything that happened that night and have been reeling in the uncertainty and the trauma of seeing that and being there and everything more so than any other team in the league besides the Bills. Yeah. And now they have this thrown in their face and it's like, come on. Even the hypothetical of this is screwing them in my book. It is. Uh, It's a, it's an unfortunate sort of thing here, but one thing that Zach Taylor has to remember is that they took a vote. This was done democratically. It's not like they just said, all right, Roger Goodell is going to unilaterally decide that you have to do this, and if this happens, you have to you know, flip a coin, and we're going to flip the coin. The owners all took a vote. I know it's not perfect, but, I mean, it's the best they can do, and that's what they agreed on. That's the way it works. Like, yeah, you change the rule, but when they have votes like that, it's to change rules in season when something unprecedented happens, and that's what happens. So, I mean, you know, you kind of got to just roll with it, unfortunately, and I do agree. I think they're not uh, really being fair to Taylor and the Bengals, and I think that what you just said is absolutely right. The Bengals don't deserve the same sort of consideration as the Bills, but not too much less than that because they were right there and experienced it all too. And uh, that wall that everyone put up so that the media and the cameras couldn't see it, they were all looking right down at those uh, EMTs reviving this guy in the field. So I feel like punishing them is really not great, but they voted on it. You know, what can you say? They all took a vote and this is what they came up with. Right, and handled themselves with so much grace. And Zach Taylor talking to Sean McDermott and both of them, you know, the players, the coaches coming together and making the right decision together and going to one another's locker rooms while all of this was happening. And now it's like, okay, back to this, you know, yeah. all the owners have voted and you might get screwed. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, Joe Burrow's good, though. You should be good. Yeah, he'll be fine. If you want an idea of how the Bengals locker room is reacting to this, I just heard this. So Jamar Chase was finishing up his uh, – he's at his locker – and uh, Ted Karras walks by, and Ted Karras basically shares what his opinion is of this whole voting process. Let's settle it. Let's settle it the real way. Yeah. Win. Okay. Right. There you go, Ted Karras. There you go. He's, he doesn't sound worried. Yeah. F and win. Just win. Just beat Tyler Huntley. It shouldn't be that hard. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. We see your phone calls lined up. Hang on. We'll get to you right after the trending. Sports Radio WEEI. Arkan Mego here with you for about 40 more minutes. It's off to the weekend, a weekend full of football. Uh, let's go to the phones. What do you say? 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Then we'll get to some of the really horrible quarterback matchups you're going to see this weekend. Um, what do you think? Should we go to Maine or Florida first? Let's start with Maine. Let's go to Maine. We Matt's asked in for Maine. the Maine calls. Hello, so. Matt. Uh, how you doing? Good, you? Doing good there, Matt. <laughs> What's on your mind there, huh? <laughs> well, what do you think... How do you think everything would unfold if they ended up having that game and a tie instead of doing the whole vote for everything? Uh, we sort of talked about that, and there was discussions about that, about it being a tie and just calling it a tie and moving on from there. But, Matt, I'll tell you, I don't think that's totally fair either because that implies that the game was played and completed and neither team won, and that's not true. I mean, they had to, they had to suspend it. So that affects your record in a way that maybe not wouldn't be fair to them and would give an advantage to the Chiefs, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, that's the only that's the only thing I'd say there. I don't know if that's more or less fair than this coin flip thing, but like I can see why they maybe nixed that idea. Yeah, no, it's, but it's an unfortunate turn of events. You know, watching it live, seeing it, it's, you can't help but hold your breath on what happened and wish the best for everybody. Matt, can you call the show every day? <laughs> can I show? <laughs> I don't know about that. We uh, love uh, the if you could, I love I love talking to a guy from Maine. Thanks for the call. I uh, appreciate you uh, chiming in. Let's go down to Florida, talk to David who is uh, in Florida. Hi, David. Howdy, partners. What's, What's up, up, David? Afternoon. You know, t- t- a few things, but 
to show how just freakish and crazy and bizarre that, that this incident was, look, uh, go back and watch the Drew Bledsoe hit that put him out and that started Brady's career. Almost the same thing, the same, the same approach, the same situation, 45-degree angle, gets hit in the same place. Yeah, I mean, and he had a horrible injury too. But I mean, it just—it shows just. So I mean, understandably, everybody is so understand so so traumatized by this mm-hmm. and concerned. Uh, I mean, but you, you just hope that, but long term, everybody still understands that this is still such a freakish and rare occurrence, and that they're able to put that, consider that, and put that under perspective. Thanks, David. Um, yeah, thanks for the call, David. Bledsoe went back into that game, didn't he? I'm pretty sure Bledsoe went back into that Jets game after uh, Mo Lewis knocked him out. I think he ended up coming back out again. I may be misremembering this, but I could have sworn he went back into that game. It, they didn't know how serious it was until afterwards, and uh, obviously that was a very uh, serious thing. He could have died. Um, but, you know, that that's a little different. It's not like everybody stopped and was like, oh, my God, Drew Bledsoe's down. Like, you know, it, was, it wasn't the same kind of scene, but I, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, and to the... I think the point that the caller was trying to get to or dance around there a little bit because didn't want to come out and say it, like the nature of the game is not going to change from this. Mm. So just to be clear, that's not, they're not going to, there's not going to be rule changes. Maybe there will be some kind of equipment change. I've like heard that, you know, batted around a little bit, but the, the stuff that we're ta- that we were just talking about is the implications for, the immediate games coming up, the playoffs coming up. I don't think this is going to alter the playoffs going forward or seeding or anything like that. It's just extremely wild that Goodell might be overseeing a coin flip to decide if one of the league's best teams and best young quarterbacks is going to have home field advantage or not. I know. Let's go, guys. Uh, get the cameras in there. Maybe he can have it in his basement. Remember when he did his uh, the draft from his basement? That was probably the most likable he's been in the last 15 years, right? <laughs> yeah. I think everybody was everyone just was happy like, to see him. Like, oh, this like, is kind of normal. Whoa, look at Goodell. He has a finished basement like me. Yeah. Nice. Look at that recliner. Oh, he's got M&Ms. Cool. Wow. Wow, what a regular <laughs> Commissioners guy. Commissioners just like us. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, let's go, everybody. I'm down in my bay. I'm down in my man cave. Let's go. Yeah. Come on, let's go, Mikey. Let's flip that coin, guys. <laughs> okay, Roger. This is a really scary impersonation. There. Um, yeah, I know. It doesn't even, it's not what he sounds like <laughs> uh, <laughs> at all. Um, Greg Hill this morning talked to Devin McCourty, and uh, McCourty, I thought, had some pretty good insight into uh, what it's like to be on the field when something like this happens and how you have to just sort of go through it. It's eye-opening. He called it chilling to witness, but uh, here's, here's Devin McCourty from this morning. We know the dangers. I would just say it's... You, it would be hard to go out there and play if you thought about, you know, what we witnessed Monday night every time you stepped on the field. So there's no doubt about it. We we definitely take that for granted. I would say there's a little bit of, for us as players, being, you know, somewhat a little crazy going out there and competing and playing, um, knowing some of those dangers. Because, you know, I think in our minds we always think, like, man, that, that just won't happen. So, I think it was definitely eye-opening, you know, for all of us as players to sit there and watch that and um, to just see, you know, life and death now uh, be a part of the game, you know, I think was it was very chilling um, to witness that. So, you know, I would definitely say there's some type of wake-up call. I just don't know as a player, like, what you do, it's hard to say, like, man, I'm going to do this now um, because that was such a routine play. 
That's one thing that I, I was sort of thinking about, you know, this weekend. It's going to be so much emotion. It's going to be a lot of positive stuff. Obviously, it's going to be positive. This guy woke up. He's talking. He's FaceTiming with the team. People weren't sure if he was going to have brain activity. You know what I mean? Like They weren't sure if he was going to live through this. And now it seems like he's recovering very swiftly, first of all, and also in a, in a way that you know is uh, neurologically and sort of physically all um, on the up and up. That being said... You know, there's there's also sort of the other side of this coin, and Devin McCourty talked about it a little bit there. If there's at any point this weekend, you know, in Buffalo, if uh, there's a big hit, if some guy gets his bell rung, if someone doesn't pop back up from a hit like right away, all that good feeling and all that sort of you know positivity that's going to be there, no no doubt about that. But there's also going to be the sort of eggshells of, ooh, well, what if someone else takes a big hit? And obviously nothing like DeMar Hamlin, but just, you know, we've seen this with Tua this year and guys who have, you know, torn ACLs or uh, busted their ankles. Remember Matt getting carried off the field? Like, if a guy if a guy goes down and doesn't get up right away, that's going to be, that's going to be very, very uh, tense, uh, more so than maybe ever in the history of the NFL, like, for, for anything. So there is obviously a lot to celebrate, and everybody's happy that the game's being played in Buffalo and that they're all going to be pumped up about that but you know he he sort of brings that up it's it's so chilling you know everything that we that, that everybody experienced like that trauma still is there and uh it's not just going to go away because they're playing in a football game I guess absolutely I think it'll be it'll help them a lot to be home to be at Highmark yeah. and be in as you pointed out a couple minutes ago one of the best atmospheres in terms of a fan base in the entire league um the juice that they're going in with is going to be crazy like, this team, I do think, is going to be super hyped up, obviously, on a lot of positive motivation and inspiration and everything. I don't know if this is <laughs> if this is appropriate to say. I wonder if, for one player, that plays into the Patriots' hands a little bit, and I'm thinking about Josh Allen. Mm. Because Josh Allen is absolutely one of the top quarterbacks, many would argue the best quarterback in the entire league right now. But we have seen him be fallible earlier this season. We saw a stretch where suddenly it looked like one year one, year two, Josh Allen at times with him trying to bring out the heroics for his whole team, trying yeah. to do too much, particularly in the red zone, like making some boneheaded judgment calls, throwing picks. And if you do that against the Patriots defense, who I don't think is as good as the Bills' offenses, but if you do that against a Patriots defense that can get pick-happy and return that for a touchdown, and then you're talking about, okay, this awful, awful Patriots offense is getting one of their beloved defensive special teams' touchdowns that they thrive on. Right. <laughs> and so... Or defensive, I, there's something, right. just not offensive touchdowns. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that they, they, they've stayed in the games because of those. And so some of it might play a little bit into your hands. Uh, Mike Giardi had a great report from uh, NFL media earlier today. I think he's been posted up in Buffalo like all morning. I think mm -hmm. he started at like 6 a.m. with Good Morning Football or something. Uh, but he talked about this mindset that they might have that it might not be completely working in, in the Bills' favor. Yeah. I don't really think they know how they're going to react and how they're going to feel and, and how much they're going to have playing in terms of energy and preparation. And look, they, they've admitted they're playing for DeMar, and that's what he would want. Uh, that's, as Mario Hamlin said, that's what he would want. Finish your goals. Go after what you set out to be. Sean McDermott said we've overcome a lot of obstacles, and we have to overcome this one. But I, I am really curious to see how this team re-energizes itself 
as they have to get ready for a game. It's I, I, very difficult. I, I can't I can't imagine what they're what they're going through trying to do it. And I think they kind of gave us a window into the conflict of emotions and energy that that's necessary for this. They've had two fewer days of practice in the Patriots. That's another thing to consider. Not that it matters that much. They're the playing the Patriots, though. So I we're mean, talking to Andrew Callahan. He says the same Patriots that were that were around December third, right? And the only touchdown that team scored was that screen to uh, Marcus Jones. Who it was the first time he'd ever been out there on that side of the ball. So right. it was like. Who saw this coming? I mean, he was like one of the flukiest. It was almost like a trick play for He's them. my offensive MVP. Yeah, uh, might be the d- defensive and special teams MVP as well. We have the injury report. You heard Ryan uh, read it to you during trending, but real quick, just to uh, in case you missed it, Jonathan Jones, questionable, as is Jacoby Myers, Jalen Mills, Brendan Schooler, and Jonu Smith, uh, Miles Bryant, Devon Godchow, Marcus Jones, Devontae Parker, all full participants. Great news about Parker, great news about Jones. Um, the uh, other side of that coin, though, and this was just uh, tweeted out a little while ago, I believe Field Yates had it, um, Jack Jones and Jake Bailey have both been moved from the reserve injured list to the reserve suspended by the team list. With these first half highlights. <sighs> Missed that guy. Um, yes, doesn't mean that they have been suspended by the team. It just means that they've been moved to this list so they won't count towards uh, roster limits because they weren't going to be back from their injuries on time, which is too bad about Jack Jones. I think we sort of knew this already about um, about Bailey. Pilardi's no great shakes or anything like that, but if they're punting a lot, then this game's probably over anyway. You know? <laughs> it's a big if. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say, this. well, <laughs> if they're punting a lot, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting caveat on the... the they had to uh, stop, you the, know. The designation on Jake Bailey and Jack Jones, um, according to Pat's cat, that's Miguel Benzin. Yes. Uh, he tweets a couple minutes ago, suspended players do not get paid a salary, so Jake Bailey and Jack Jones will not get paid this week. Wow. Uh, by being suspended, Jake Bailey voided the guarantee on his 2023 salary. The Patriots could cut him next month and create $55,000 in cap space. I'll tell you wow, what, that's... 55000 huh? <laughs> I mean, that's it, but just to... And that might be a situation like the caller earlier. Just trade Carlo. Get him out. Yeah, right. I don't know. Because I'm sorry. Jake Bailey, that contract is aging like, you know, milk. Yeah. It does. It has not been good. And Plardy is certainly not the answer. I think you got to go back to the drawing board with that one. Yeah. You got to go find the new punter. Um, yeah. We'll see. Uh, let's go to the phones here. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Let's go democratically. It looks like uh, Russ in Connecticut's been waiting the longest. He wants to uh, talk to Mega. Go ahead, Russ. Hey, Mago, I uh, love your rant for Cincinnati, okay? Um, what I would like to see, it'll never happen, but I'd like to see the yays and nays on the uh, owner's votes today. What do you think of that? I like that, That'd be Russ. nice. You know what? I, thanks for the call, Russ. They're never going to do it, but I'd love to see the yays and nays. I'd love to see the minutes from that meeting, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can guess. Like Baltimore's like, yes, yes, coin toss, coin toss. Definitely. Where does Dan Snyder vote? That's my number one question. Do they even let him? Dan Snyder votes for chaos, I would imagine. Like, <laughs> so no matter do, what the most chaotic so thing toss. is. Yeah. So he's definitely pro. T- he's I would pro love coin that. toss, sure. Yeah, I'd imagine. Well, you think Kraft comes down? Um, Kraft is the owner of a team that's 500. I don't know. I mean, he'd probably, he'd probably think anything that puts a worse team into the postseason that his team might play, a la the Baltimore Ravens, is good for him, right? Wouldn't he, so wouldn't he say, yeah. You don't yeah. think he's thinking the best interest of the league? No. Setting a different precedent. Best interest of the league. Let's go to Jim Irsay. Damn it, Jim. We told you not to bring your guitar to this. Before I vote, man, I just want to play a little tune I wrote. <laughs> this it's about being all alone. This one's for the coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you've got a shiny head on one side. Before let's- we go to the coin flip, <laughs> let's now go to Jim Ursay with a new original song. Jim Ursay does like the national anthem. Girl, you- <laughs> can't confirm playing guitar harder doesn't make you a better player. Just, well, you don't have to strum so hard. Not always, but for Jim Ursay it does. Uh, 617-779-7937. Tom's in the car. Hi, Tom. Tom? Tom? Tom. Tom. Tommy? Tom. Tom in the car? We're going to put you on hold there, Tom. All right, Tom. Uh, let's back. try Mike in Boston. Hi, Mike. Tom? Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Hey, Mike. Happy New Year. Okay, what, what, I, what I came up with was I think if they gave both those teams a win, now there's a reason for Buffalo to play this weekend because if Kansas City wins and I'm Buffalo, I'm McDermott. I sit my guys and say, you know what? They screwed me out of a bye. I'm taking it this week. I hear you, Mike. And I thought about this this morning. There's just no way that they sit even in the first half. Like there's just no way after what's happened and what the team has gone through and being at home the first game after like days after this happened. I understand some people might say that's a smart thing to do, but there's just no way. Mm. Do you yeah. think that they sit the first half? I mean, <laughs> it's just that I would be so that would be disappointing. That would be ridiculous. That would be sad. Yeah, that would be that would go against like the, every instinct and every sort of thing that these guys are are doing all the time. And I just I don't know. I don't. I understand wanting to wanting to you know see a certain outcome, and I wonder understand wanting to have everything be as fair as it possibly can. But you have to remember, like you can't just. You can't just set it up like that for one team to be uh, completely in a in a disadvantage, and I think that that's you know an important thing to remember here. Uh, let's go to Sean in Arlington. He wants to set me straight. Go ahead, Sean. Oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, Sean. Uh, so sorry, I'm a little late on the uptake because I didn't know your phone number. So uh, you were talking about Drew Bledsoe, though. Yes. And um, I I think I remember that game going a little differently. He didn't go back into that game. He didn't go back. Um, okay, I for some reason thought no, he did. But yeah. He, I remember a trainer went up to him. He was going to stay on the sidelines. And the trainer went up to him and said, you don't look right. you got to come with me right now. And yeah. they went to the oh, hospital. They thought he had a concussion, I think. And they, yeah, that's right. And yeah. they took him, they took him off the, the sideline. He didn't go back in the like, game. You don't even look right. Yeah. And so you got to come with me and let's go. And, and that's left. when they found out he had the last or whatever. Well, I forget exactly what the thing was. But thank you, Sean. Thank you for, uh, for correcting anyway, the record thank there. Thank you very much, Appreciate it. Good recall. Uh, yeah, good recall. I yeah, he didn't go back in the game, but he was on the sideline. So like, it was different from Hamlin, is what I was trying to say there. But uh, yeah, I, I I see what you mean. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. In case anyone else didn't get the number, <laughs> that's what it is. If you want to call in and uh, correct me about Patriots history, which you know by all means, uh, feel free. <laughs> um, so there you go. All right, we got uh, one more segment to go here before we get to the weekend. We got uh, just before the show, Ryan Garvin's favorite new segment. We'll uh, come right back right after this. Six one seven seven seven. Four, seven, 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 four. Four. Don't worry about it. Six one seven, whatever the number is. Sports Radio WEEI. It's Christian Arkan, Megan Adelini here, Arkan and Mego. We've got a few minutes left to go, uh, but before we do, the Drew Bledsoe did he or did he not go back into the game? He got oh, knocked gosh. out the Tom Brady game, Mo Lewis game. Uh, I wish I could just look it up and, and figure it out, but I haven't been able to do that. Uh, Tony is in Woburn. He has a theory. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah. Um, I was uh, reminiscing about Tom Brady a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. so I went back to look at his look at uh, some of the history, and I watched that game when Bledsoe got hit, and Bledsoe did go back into the he game. He did go back in the game. I'm looking at the game summary right now. He threw a pass to Mark Edwards after he got knocked out two series later. Yes, yes he did. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. I knew oh. I was. I knew I remembered that. Yeah, you were right, and Sean was wrong. Yes, yes Sean. Sean. Yes, Sean. 
Sean and Abington or wherever you were from. Arlington. Arlington questioning me. Close. Should go back to Arlington with uh, Pat Connaughton. <laughs> it's the only person I can think of from See, Arlington. I'm actually looking at nice. I don't actually think Drew Bledsoe played in that game. You told him. You don't think what? Nothing. That was a dumb joke that nobody heard. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you for Except that. thousands of listeners. Much, much appreciated. Um... The uh, the the Patriots, I, I think we all agree, have uh, have little chance in this game. But if they were to have a chance, Megan, uh, how what possible path to victory could you see for this team? So I outlined the possibility of Josh Allen uh, getting ahead of his skis yes. and just having all the emotion factor into some of the judgment calls he makes, particularly in the red zone, which you've seen them do before. Uh, what I'm worried about is just seeing an Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald, who we spoke to a couple hours ago, did not um, make me feel any better about this. But seeing this conservative, conservative approach that they're going to take on offense again, the screen passes and just the same old, like, handoff to Ramondre, handoff to Damian Harris, you know, okay, three and out, let's go. Like, all we can do is depend on our defense to possibly put a score up or special teams to to get a fluky touchdown or, you know, that them just to contain Josh Allen and keep the score down and maybe, maybe the Patriots offense will be able to replicate something like the two competent drives that they had against the Dolphins. Yeah. And that that's the playbook that they're going to throw out there. And that's just not what I want to see. Like even beyond, okay, if they somehow win this game and go into the postseason, you know, this isn't baseball. It's not hockey. Like, once you're in there, it's not like, hey, anything can happen. It's much more like the NBA, where it's like your path is kind of carved out for you at this point with the kind of team that you are this year, and I just don't think they're going anywhere. So I'd rather just see a little grip and rip. Like, I'd like to see something from some of these offensive guys. I'd like to see more Taekwon Thornton out there. I'd like to see Kendrick Bourne utilized in the ways that we saw him utilized last year on yeah. jet sweeps and trying to get yards after catch. And if it's just these boring, boring play calls, which it's going to be, and this extremely conservative approach, it's just it's going to be like going to the dentist's office again for another <laughs> Sunday appointment. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good way of putting it. These games and uh, Novocaine doesn't work on my mouth. They I don't are, know why that is. Are you serious? I'm impervious to it. I had a root canal. It was one of the and worst. And the Novocaine didn't work. It didn't work. Wow. It was hor- it, for some reason. The, oh man, the lid- dentist must really suck for you. Lidocaine, whatever it is, yeah. has never worked for me. <sighs> wow. It's awful. Immune to Novocaine. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, in the first game against the Bills. Ramondre Stevenson got targeted eight times in the passing game. He only carried it ten times, uh, you know, on the ground, but he got targeted a lot. They were trying to get him the ball. They were trying to run that same kind of offense that Callahan was talking about, and it did not work. If you fall behind early against the Buffalo Bills, you can't run the ball, and you can't be conservative. You just can't. you got to take shots. And the only shot that they took that worked was the uh, Marcus Jones screen. That was the only touchdown they scored the whole game. Literally nobody had ever seen it before. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It was like they invented a new player. So who's that guy? (laughs) Who's 25? What? And uh, there he goes. Next thing you know, he's a blur in the end zone, which was a great play, by the way. And I like, you know, I'm glad that he's playing and all that. But that's, you know, what you had to rely on to score any points against this team. And, uh, you know, it's hard to sort of shake that memory, even if the Bills uh, since then have had some shaky games. They've won most of them. I hate to tell you, even the shaky games, they still ended up on on the winning side of. And with that, 
Uh, it is time for the almost end of the show, which is brought to you by Shaw's, the official supermarket of the WEEI Red Sox Network. Some quick programming notes I would like to say. I will be back tomorrow morning with Chris Scheim on the producer show nice. from 8 to 9, followed by Ken and Curtis. And then, of course, Christian Arcand uh, bringing up the rear at 1 to 4. Megan, where can the listeners hear you tomorrow? Tomorrow? What are you talking about? Oh, well, well, I mean, I'm doing radio. On a bar stool. Arkin's doing radio. I figured you'd be doing radio, too. You can maybe hear me walking around Maine with my Siberian Husky. Uh, Going and visiting all the cemeteries. So, something big happened in sports two days ago that I was not aware of. And maybe uh, this is something that we could uh, start spending some time on. But the World Championship Dart uh, Final was two days ago between, I believe, the two gentlemen were Michael Smith and Michael Van Gerwen. And let me tell you, it was about for the ages. In fact, I have a couple of the final calls from this event. Let's, of course, start with the English call. You can tell by the way they're scoring, there may be nothing in it. They may both be on nines. Michael may miss and Michael may hit. They're both on nines. They're both on a nine. This is insane. Come on now. Wow, the world championship final. Michael Van Gerwen. He's on a main data in the world final and just misses double 12. Over to you, Michael Smith. One man misses, does the other man get? I've never seen the like. Come on, Spotty Boy. Yes, double 12. That is the most amazing leg of arts you will ever see. might be a little hyperbolic. Goosebumps. The, the best leg of darts we have ever seen. I like the guy. I can't spake. I can't <laughs> spake. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, I, I mean, that's probably like a solid 8, 8.5 as far as excitement goes. Maybe even a full 9-er. But we can do better than that. I give that a 9-er. The, the English were good. You know who was better, though? Who? The Italians. I've never really experienced FOMO in my life until just now listening to that. Like, I feel like I missed a major moment in sports. Did you notice something there? The uh, play-by-play guy and the color commentator both were doing the same call at the same time. Can you imagine if Buck and Aikman were both at the same time? Like, he's at the five, he's at the three. 
I've never heard that before. Triplamenti. I really like enjoyed that. Yeah. Imagine Jack and Brick, and they both like call the goal at the same time. <laughs> like that'd be awesome. Both were good. I am partial of. You will never see in your life. I can't spike. Mm. I can't spike. Yeah. That was that was pretty intense. Have you guys ever played darts with someone who was like really nasty at darts? Yes. It no. sucks. It sucks. I'm just happy if someone. I can reach the, the the board from all the way on the other side of the they bar. They always slow play you too. Yeah. Like they always kind of like they don't let you know. That oh, it's a hustle. Good. If they walk up to the line and turn their foot sideways, you're gonna lose. <laughs> That's how you know you're gonna lose. If they walk up to the line that you're supposed to shoot from and they turn their foot side like a pitcher, you know, on the mound, you're done. You're gonna get smoked. <laughs> I'm not. As I reflect on this, I'm not good at any bar games. Really? At all? Huh? Like I can't play. Uh, foosball, can't play uh, pool. darts, can't play pool, pop a shot. anything. Oh, I'm good at pop a shot. That's a good. That's a bar I can game. I do pop a shot. That's that not like a real. That's not like a grown up bar game though. That's like Beacon Hill Pub bar game. Uh, Sullivan's board? Taps a grown up bar. It is. It is the grown-up bar. It certainly is. And there you have it. That was the almost end of the show, which leads us, of course, to the end of the show where we will be followed by Rich Keefe. That's right. Rich Keefe coming up next. Uh, Mego, great week as always. Uh, We'll talk to you on Monday. I'm back tomorrow at 1 o'clock after the uh, aforementioned producer show. And, of course, Curtis and Ken Laird. We'll talk to you then. Goodbye. PlayStation, dai! Triplamenti! Ma